Hey, welcome to Travel Tuesday Happy Hour, where we interview dope people doing dope things with one thing in common, the love for travel. We have a great guest lined up. Grab a drink. Stay tuned. What's going on, Travel Fam? If you ever thought about starting a podcast, check out Anchor. Anchor is free. Anchor will provide you tools to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast to multiple streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need right in one app. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Back, um, you know, super humble dude. Oh, oh. You got the triple SO hat, you got the mug on, you got the colors and everything, Act, looking like a straight Neo in these streets. Uh, wait, wait, <laughs> so wait, tell wait, us who you are with you, your brother. You got to see what it says, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's so up? tell us who you are, what you do. What's up, everybody? Um, This is Pastor Key, uh, Keenan Jackson, pastor of the Sharon Baptist Church in the Bronx, New York. That's about okay. So, what got you into travel in the first place, good brother? Um, I missed out on a very good opportunity when I was in eighth grade. Um, I I was in Latin. I had a Latin class. I was there for two years. I was one of the out um, outstanding students, and um, I was supposed to uh, go to Rome in eighth grade, and I did a foolish thing, which was uh, not doing my work. So do your work if y'all y'all watching. Um, I didn't do my work. I failed. I think one one class or something like that. All right. I, I feel like one 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 class or something like that. And um, the stipulations were that you had to pass all your classes in order to be able to go. Ah, the hard part about that was I made um, I raised the most money. Mm. Um, and all the money I raised with the help of my father and. Um, my my family had to go to somebody else that actually went. So that was that was that. But honestly, it what got me into traveling was twofold. I definitely want to give a shout out to my wife because she she was a traveler before we got together. She she upgraded me. Number two was I had a conversation with my grandfather before he passed, um, and he said, you know. Grandparents are full with wisdom, but this is possibly one of the wisest and dumbest things I've heard. He said, <laughs> it literally is both. Um, he said, you know why I have this money to give to you, Keenan? Because when everybody was going on cruises and going traveling, I stayed here in Harlem and saved my money. And that was twofold. Like it was wise because he had so much money that he saved. But I'm like, but you never got to experience the world. So um, those are the two reasons I, I really got into traveling. So what keeps you traveling? My wife and the fact mm. that now I'm a lover of traveling. Um, I will say I'm, I'm behind the eight ball a little bit uh, with everybody else. Uh, everybody has gone to so many different countries that, 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 that's been on this live. But I have two, but it's more been uh, it's been more the Caribbean. Next year, I am scheduled to go to Europe, finally. <laughs> I, I finally get to fulfill that eighth grade dream of mine to go to <laughs> Europe. <laughs> um, 
And so I, I'm very excited about that. And I, we're actually going for my parents' 45th wedding anniversary, but awesome. but my birthday is during that time as well. So awesome, awesome. Yeah. So the thing is traveling, you know, and I'm not going to equate the two, but you know, um, your calling was your journey, right? right. Um, and traveling is uh, a one's individual journey to, to to you know seek out the experiences that they want for themselves to be able to open their minds to different things. Absolutely. You know, and just like your calling. Um, which was at a young age, right? Yeah. Um, you was in college, what, as a minister on the basketball team? Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about that. Like, how was being a student athlete minister, um, what was that experience like? Um, and we got time. So we got about, like, 18 minutes. Okay. So you got time, bro. All right. Um, being being a minister on a basketball team is like being a person on a basketball team. It's it's really no different. Um, I get mad just like everybody else gets mad. Um, I, I I I I do my best, even though I have a smaller frame. I try to bully my way to the basket as much as I possibly can. Um, I don't have it. I mean, I, I try to show good sportsmanship as much as possible, but I have no friends. If you're not, if you're not wearing the same I, jersey as me, I can tell based on your battle raps. Oh, we gonna talk about that too. All right, go man. ahead. Let's do that. Yeah, let's get that in. Let's let's talk about let's talk about that in a few. Um, but yeah, basketball. Um, being being in school. So when when I met you or when I found out who you know Atomic was, you know, I, I was told to fear that man <laughs> that man i don't crazy. know look we don't we gonna bleep that out we don't know what he's talking about we don't know <laughs> that like that was that was years ago <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly so what is going on with this um hold on a second make sure this is kind of buggy. um yeah so i was told i was told to um kind of um you know watch out for atomic whenever you see him and i was like okay cool i'm gonna i'm gonna do that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a watch out for him. So when I did that, I, um, I was in school and I was basically uh, seeking to be a, a member of the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Um, I was at a small school north of Phil, um, Philly, north of um, Pittsburgh. And it was easy for me because I've always been in church, but church has not always been in me if that mm. makes any sense. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was born and raised in church. So I was basically like, it, I mean, I've always played basketball. I started out with baseball, but I always played basketball. And um, finally, it was just like, you know, so it was, it, to me, it's like riding a bike. It was like anything. It's like breathing, honestly. Forget riding a bike. It's like breathing. Second nature. Just get on the court. Don't worry about the light. You good. Don't yeah, worry about the light. Yeah, that thing getting on my nerves right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I was basically like, um, yeah, so it was easy for me. What was not easy for me was actually being in a place that was so heavily populated with uh, Caucasians. So um, we're we gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. So yeah. let's let's jump into it. Let's jump into that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, with COVID nineteen, um, people having time to sit down and actually pay attention to what's going on. Um, Let's 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 talk about that story, right? And let's let's bring you into that. You know how how was your? Because uh, I went to a PWI, right? Um, but we had a, our my school versus your school. We had more. We had a nice close knit group of color folks. You know what I mean? Um, which once you get go north of Pittsburgh, it's a different country. Yeah, you know what I mean. So talk about that. 
So my school, um, very small school, shout out to Geneva College um, in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, specifically. And um, it was predominantly white. Um, and when I say predominantly white, I don't mean predominantly white like the University of Pittsburgh. I mean predominantly white as in throughout the entire school, I can only remember seeing probably 40 Blacks on a on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and that might be generous because I just said regular basis. So regular basis, probably 25. But all mm -hmm. in all, I would see about 40 on the campus. So it was very, very, very difficult. Um, and being on a basketball team with one other person who was, well, two other people who were black, I think, at one point. And then they kind of like quit the team because they saw how how they were being treated. Um, they were like, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really difficult. Now for me, I, yeah, I, I was a standout. So I got the playing time. I got all that, you know, I started and I actually came in the middle of the year and they asked me to play for them. So I booted somebody out of the starting lineup just because they wanted me to play. Um, wow. yeah. So hey, it was a, it was a difficult thing and I don't, I'm thankful for Geneva because I have, I have my credentials. Um, I got my bachelor in um, in arts and biblical studies, but that's about it. I I could care less. <laughs> I could care less about anything. So so fast forward to now, right? Like you know, as a man in the community, as a pillar of the community, um, someone who is responsible for making sure uh, making sure that the souls are going in the right path, um, and you're setting an example. Um, I want to talk about two things. Um, first, I'm going to talk about how are you dealing with um, Corona and the current civil unrest within your community? Mm -hmm. And the second thing, which is, I think is super dope of what you do, which is the rap battles, right? Okay. Um, you have some dope biblical punchlines. And um, I really want to make sure people understand this. You know what I mean? You don't, you're not giving, you just do all the time. So, um, you know, let's go to one and then go over to the other. All right, so being a pillar or trying to be a pillar in my community, it's very difficult because I'm still- So I'll, I'll stop you there, right? You're not trying, right? So at the end of the day, you are a leader of your church. You are a leader of your community. I want to make sure that we start using terminology that we own who we are and what we do. Um, you know, you've once stated your woman was, uh, she leveled you up, own that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she wouldn't she wouldn't be with you if you weren't a leader in your community. Gotcha. You know, um, in previous, especially in your anniversary live, you know, y'all went back and forth. I, look, I paid attention, brother. You know, you know, your queen is everything for you, you know, and she saw that in you. And so um, I brought that up specifically because she saw that in you. So right. you are a leader in the community. You are making things move. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So as a leader in my community, I I'm doing my best to go outside more. We've we've been pushed out the doors anyway. So it might as well take advantage of being outside. I, I, I'm one of those guys. Um, I'm not one of those. I hate when people say this because they they actually it's, it's actually a misnomer. They be like, you're scary. No, it's you're scared. <laughs> like mm -hmm. so I'm a I'm not I've never been like, well. After I crossed the threshold of being scared about a lot of things, I have really yet to turn back. So I'm not I'm not really a fearful person. So I do my best to go out. Um, I'm in the streets. I go to what 
are considered the thugs and you know the 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 gangsters and I'm like yo what's up fellas I come in peace look I just want to highlight y'all about x y and z um so that's that's me uh I I do that as much as possible as it pertains to this whole um covid and uh the plight and the zeitgeist that we're you know I I do my best to try to spread how can I say this because I know melanin by nature says she's Malcolm I, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm more I'm more I'm more Martin than Malcolm but I have a lot of Malcolm in me uh, oh yeah you do we're gonna talk about that in the next thing yeah next <laughs> um I'm more Mal- I'm, I'm more Martin than Malcolm but I have a lot of Malcolm in me and I I I, I salute Martin because I can never understand how he can do such a thing Shout out to my sister, my older sisters on Rakia Speaks. Um, so I, I wanted to basically, um, I try to fuse the two, uh, but peacefully. But I'm also for peaceful unrest. Um, I, I love to to combat folk without having to put my hands on folk. Um, I, I, if, if I can do that, I will. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. One of the things that my, my dad, he was an educator. He still is um, educator. He he made us use our words, so I was I I have the gift of gab, but I'm also well versed in English and Ebonics, so I am a dual threat. Um, I speak, I, I'm bilingual. I'm bilingual, so I so, yeah. So so that definitely brings us into the next stage, right? The, the, a, another stage of you that I was I was just thrown off. I was taken aback by. Um, you own the stage when you go up there, right? Um, you're a little bigger than life. Um, I read some of the comments. Some people just don't give you the just do when you go on. But talk about what gotten you into the battle life. And, you know, I don't want to call it Christian battle, right? Um, because you're a very intelligent man and thoughtful in your words. Um, it just happens you use the word of God to kind of just destroy, annihilate people. You know what I mean? So talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've always loved rap. Um, I grew up in a hip hop culture. Um, I am a Harlem boy, Harlem bred, the only, the best place to be from. I mean, if you weren't born in Harlem, I apologize. It's not your fault. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, I've always, I've always loved rap and even when I didn't understand it I used to try to make up raps when I was little and my my sisters still joke on me today for my first rap my first rap went like this Big Daddy Kane Ceso Banya so the water can't hurry no one knows what it means I never will understand what that means but that was my first rap ever at the age of probably like three four five something in that ballpark but you know I I, I love English I would love to be a English teacher some some you know um in the future but that that really really um arrested my attention and once I started uh attending English classes and actually loving it um I I did poetry classes I was in a Shakespeare class and I just love words and I do my best to try to make things make sense and also try to as you see, the word you use, annihilate you by uh, tearing you down, but also lifting you back up. Because sometimes in battle rap, all somebody wants to do is tear somebody down. I don't really want to tear you all the way down unless I'm building you back up in some way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, that's how I did it. And then I got into it because I always loved rap. I started rapping 
non-Christian like um, when I was in high school, but as my life changed, I kind of did a little bit, um, you know, had a eureka moment. And I said, you know what, I can do this and I can, I can make some metaphors, similes. Um, I can do some wordplay and all that with biblical references. And it's been working out so far. Yeah, I mean, you have this method, like by the time you get to each round, you kind of, you, you take the process of breaking the person down just to spiritually lift them up towards the end. Um, is that like strategic in the sense where you're like, look, you know, I'm gonna destroy you first round, second round, I'm gonna make you my brother. And then the third round, if we even get there, I'm gonna introduce you to God type of scenario. Like, yeah. yeah, and most of my opponents know what type of time I'm on. And so they're they're like, oh, here we go, here, here, here it comes. And it's like, I, I do my best not to force it anymore because now I'm I'm battling a lot of secular artists. So I don't, I'm not like, it's not, everything's not Bible, 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 because that's not me. So what it is is, for instance, I just had a battle on Saturday and I was like, I told the dude, um, uh, Mr. Jones, his last name was Jones. So I said, Mr. Jones, we make a lot of mistakes, but it's atoned. Um, mm. yeah, wait, Mr. Jones, we make a lot of mistakes, but it's atoned like your weak pen game. That's nothing but skin and bones. And it shows because what you write dirt, Jesus saving a woman from getting stoned. Um, if, if you know anything about, you know, that story, um, before they, you know, she was caught in the act of adultery and all these people wanted to stone her to death. And so they asked Jesus, what should we do? And he ignored them and he was writing in the dirt with his finger. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, and it's like, yo, what, what, um, so he says, so what we, and then Jesus says, he who was without sin cast the first stone. And of course mm -hmm. she walked away and she was able to live, um, and have life more abundantly because, Jesus's words. So I just try to use certain things within the biblical context and try to, you know, like I said, break my opponent down, but then also build them back up in some way, shape, or form. So that's amazing, brother. Look, you've grown from the first time I met you to now. You, I don't even recognize this man anymore. <laughs> I mean, your smile is brighter, is higher, is heavier. You know, I mean, you know, I, I think I, I thank your lady for this. You know, I appreciate her so much more now. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, but when, no, she, brother, when she wake when she wakes up, and she works at night. So when she wakes up, I let her know. I let her know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, give us a tip. You know, um, for those that are looking to get into traveling, um, I know you're driven by a missed opportunity. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, that's a perfect thing. You know. Um, What's a tip that you would give people to get them to start traveling? All right. Uh, my tip is find a place that you like a lot and make that your staple travel. That's number one. Um, so mine, for, for instance, is Canada. I, I don't know what about Canada I love, but I absolutely love Canada. So I'll just, you know, I'll drive. We'll drive right up to Canada because, you know, I'm in New York, so it's not that far. Um, drive to Canada, uh, Niagara Falls, Toronto area. And we'll just chill there every year. But then go somewhere new, please. It's this, this, this globe, this world that we live in is so vast, so big, so magnanimous that you, it's impossible for us to see everything, even if we visit every country. So just keep going to someplace new so that you can experience this wonderful thing called 
earth. Um, and that's really my tip. Do have a staple and then go somewhere new at least once a year. And if you do that, I think that you will enjoy um, this thing that we call life. Well, my brother, I raise my glass to you. Salute. I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate everything you're doing in the community and for your family. Thank you. Thank um, you. Just just keep doing the great things that you're doing. All right. Yeah, I do. Um, One last thing. I don't normally do this, but I'm just feeling like it today. Tomorrow's my birthday. So thank you for interviewing me a day a day before my birthday, man. Oh, uh, appreciate it, man. Happy <laughs> early birthday, good brother. <laughs> I thank you. I appreciate that too. And my wife is awake, so I'm, I'm gonna go downstairs and say what's up to her real quick. All right, then take care. See, I'm I'm taking lessons. I'm taking lessons. <laughs> you got it already. You got it already. And All then, right, I gotta I gotta I gotta travel with you next. All right, definitely. I'll All talk right, to you later. Bro. Peace. Well, that's our show today. I thank you all. Um, once again, this show is about interviewing dope people, doing dope things, seeing the world. So hopefully I get to have one of you all on the show in the coming episodes. Stay tuned. Enjoy yourselves. Cheers up to everybody. and Have a great day. Another dope conversation. Keep traveling and stay safe. Until next time, peace.